What's the time? It's podcast time. Welcome to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. Thank you. We are here again. We have finally come to our we're come to our sort of our second instalment uh, of our podcast. The first one, as we did, we decided that, as I say, it wasn't really that. that it wasn't, that wasn't fit bro- for broadcast. It wasn't fit for broadcast. <laughs> Simple fact: it was a little bit NPC. So that's just, just for you listeners out there. So we ha- we are the. Obviously, the trio again. I was going to say teetering on the edge of a cliff. Oh, oh yes, I something to say about yes. it. So all so, copies have been destroyed. Yes. So just simply say we are here. This is Hattrick and Ramsey unleashed. We have we have in the other one hot seat is Hugh Hattrick. Good evening. And the other hot seat, other hot seat, we have our trusty analyst, Jonathan Sutherland. Hello. Yes, we are here. We are here. We're, we've made it. This time, this one is going to be broadcast. So we're going to make sure because we do not want the PC police after us. So, just to be on the plate, we're going to be very, very strict and uh, very fun. But just to let you, yes, we are here. We're here to rock. We're going to t- talk about the general things that are going on in the news. Uh, a lot of simply labour ins. <laughs> One of my colleagues seems to have the fits of giggles. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, the PC police have a siren. Uh, <laughs> no. Maybe. Because they're coming. Possibly. <laughs> but anyway, um, we are here, we're back, uh, and we're, ready. we're going to talk about a couple of things recently in the news. Well, something in Scotland with a bit of politics that um, Labour are simply in crisis. They are in meltdown um, within Scot- Scotland, and also we'll maybe elaborate on the recent um, 1.7 billion. Uh, payday that said the EU want from David Cameron and David Cameron simply said no <laughs> so we're going to talk about that in general bits and bobs uh, so we're going to pass you on to Hugh and he's going to have a and he can kick off the next segment of Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed let's go good evening listeners well our first subject is the EU um, money grabbing uh, as if they're not well actually they're trying to get money out of us all the time uh, but so this is the latest um, story that now they want £1.7 billion um, because, uh, because the British economy is doing so much better than pretty much everywhere else in Europe. And it's quite interesting because they decided that um, the way that the, the whole uh, bill was calculated wasn't correct, so Britain had to make up for this and to include things like prostitution and drug dealing and all the black economy. So that's, that's all supposed to make us all richer, according to the EU. That, um, but I think it's just the most incredible thing, really, because uh, you know, basically, I, I called it the 1.7 billion gift to UKIP, uh, because really the Tories cannot do very much about it. If they say no, they could face legal action and a big bill. They might win a bit of support, but I just don't know. But I don't think they've got the guts to actually face them down and say no, we're not going to pay this. So where do we get for this 1.7 billion? If we don't pay it or say if we have to pay it or do pay it. That money. Think of the, think of the money that we that could be used elsewhere. Uh, I mean, do we have that money sitting? No, in it's, our... we're all we're, we're in a mid big deficit. So we in effect it's borrowed money anyway to pay it back. Do you want to borrow more money to simply to subsidise yeah. these the people who can't afford yeah. getting their own economy and into we, a better yeah. situation like we are? Well, Germany's due about oh, it was about eight hundred million or so, or, or so, I don't know, maybe six hundred million or so of that of that uh, of the money. Um, of the fund that, that would be uh, raised, and of course France is due about eight hundred million. Um, but the crazy thing is Greece; they actually owe money. Um, they owe about I think it's about eighty nine million that they have to eighty nine right. uh, uh, million that they have to pay back, and they're in such a mess. I mean, they're just going to have to borrow money again to pay it back. Um, so it just seems absolutely. So they're missing uh, David Cameron and George Osborne and. Greece, yeah. they're sitting with a wee syndicate and the Euro Millions are paying their 
put the euros every day, every week, just to see if they can win the money. No, <laughs> to pay it off. To I mean, pay it. It's absolutely crazy. The thing is that this seems to be a complete arbitrary figure, this 1.7 billion. Yeah. They, they've just decided to backtrack these sort of um, rather nefarious subjects such as um, prostitution and drug dealing and money that's uh, being shared, you know, uh, sort of cash in hand sort of thing, really. They've gone back to 1995. Well, who picked 1995? I mean, why not go back to 1805? You know, as long as we're making it up, let's make it up. And then they've probably hammered Britain, you know, the empire building, the Victorian era, um, the US colonisations, uh, mm-hmm. Empress of India owning a third of the world's landmass or whatever it was. It just seems to have gone back arbitrarily to 1995. But just to look at, to sort of analyse it, Cameron's now said he won't pay. But how can Cameron not pay? We're either a member of the EU or we're not. Cameron does this the whole time. He sort of pretends that you can be sort of a halfway house. You don't have to have free movement of labour. You don't have to pay all the bills. Well, you do. If you're a member of the EU, you have to have an open border. And if you're a member of the EU, you have to pay this bill. So by pretending not to, I think he's being totally disingenuous. And what's more, he's got to pay it by the 1st of December, I believe. And if we don't pay it by the 1st of December, I think the figure is £46 million per month interest. Now... I think, per month that is, we have to pay the bill. How can he not pay the bill? Otherwise, it's like if I, my credit card, if my credit card had a thousand pounds of debt on it, yeah. and I knew I could pay it off, I had the money to pay it off, I'd be a moron not to pay it off and pay the interest. Makes, makes one one go cheap and a good yeah. value. Yes. Exactly, get a one go. Got a one go. So as usual, it's been completely disingenuous. Yeah. He said that about getting the budget cut because he managed to get a budget cut uh, by about one and a half billion, and then of course that was rejected, and then it's now gone up. So they haven't really been that successful at being able to negotiate with yeah. them. So maybe maybe he's going to start realising that being in Europe is not it's not all it's trying to be it's, long term. Uh, you always get the feeling it's actually now going out of his hands. That yeah. things are happening beyond him. That actually yeah, we're going to be exiting quicker than we thought. Well, I, th- I hope we do exit because bottom line is the uh, simple fact is that. Uh, I mean, Brussels are just they're yeah. always running our country. I mean, are they, yeah. are they, who's, who's our government? Is it the yeah. Tory, Tory yeah. Lib Dem or, or is it Brussels? Is our uh, government, are they the ones that are setting our tax? They're going to be setting yeah. what we can and can't do. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to use a certain type of Lural, you've got to Hoover, hairdryer, you've got to do this and that. Yeah. Yeah. It's about it. It's like, are we democratic? Are we become a communist Europe at this rate? The thing is about the, the EU and people who support the the EU um, are that they think if we come out of the EU, we're going to have no employment rights, we're going to have no rights for working mothers, we're going to have no minimum wage, we're not going to have any human rights. I find that offensive. I mean, yeah. just because you come out of the EU, why would you not have these things? Who's to say we wouldn't have better yeah, exactly. um, protection for disabled yeah. people, better yeah. human rights if we came out of the EU? It, yeah. it, it's nonsense. Yeah. We're a mature democracy with the oldest parliament in the world. I think we can look after ourselves. I think people say that because they just aren't prepared to contemplate anything else. And so they just think, oh, we're not going to have that because they think it's like an on-off switch. If you come out of something, then that's it, all gone. But you legislate and you make, you make your own policies. It's actually done by local people. There's much more input um, by, by actually the people that, you know, for when you vote for someone in this country, they're actually going to make the laws that you voted them in to do. Yeah. In a, on a very bizarre scenario, what's saying... Obviously, the whole fact, the whole obviously going back in our history is that eventually the, the, our 
royal family uh, basically transferred what kind of their powers or something to the parliament to run the country. What's saying that in the future, eventually, if things just don't go well or just go completely off the scale, that she's going if the queen's still kicking around, if she's not popped her clogs, and it's either Charles or, or Prince William saying, right, we're taking back control because this is not working because it's you become a, a more and this is, sounds a really bizarre scenario and it's completely probably off really weird and think I'm probably sniffing something but I haven't so it's maybe the, no I haven't I don't think they could ever take back power there's only yeah. a few of them anyway and although she runs the army they wouldn't allow that I, I, I don't think so no. it's just like it's a, it's a very random I don't, I don't think yeah random. I think the, it's very much a figurehead I, mean, I love yeah, the idea is, of, yeah, I, I love the idea of Her Majesty hopping into her Range Rover autobiography <laughs> and saying I'm going down in a blaze of glory <laughs> Where are you going, Your Majesty? Straight through the Channel Tunnel, straight towards Brussels. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, I feel a bit well, worried about that. It was more when, remember, yeah. after that, the Scottish referendum, when she was, the, seemingly she was so relieved to hear from, when David Cameron told her that, that it was a no vote. Mm -hmm. um, and seemingly she was really relieved on the whole, on the, I would love to, to hear what she was even thinking on that night. I think that would have been, you know. to, but no, things are, I think, things are just not working. It's crazy at the moment. It's, um, but we've got to pay the bill. Exactly. It's not a grief for now. We'll remember, we've got to pay the bill. It's like we can't close well, the border. We've got to pay the bill. That's, that's, that's my view. Well, it's always, you know, okay, I, was, I, was, I was talking in my recent podcast with myself. Um, that the, the fact is that I, mean, I've, I have um, many, many friend, friends from different, different nationalities and the bottom line is a lot of people, I've had conversations with them like, okay, you have people who are Eastern European, they come over and they will either you know, they'll come and work, or if they'll, some, they'll stay here for so long, so long and eventually be allowed to claim benefits. Now, as I was saying recently on a thing on Sky News, we just watched it, a lot of countries are pretty much swamped from people from the EU. So, is that not say? I mean, why is it, you've got people, why is it, should they, why, we would save money if they simply said, if you're coming here, you're just not getting benefits full stop. You don't, you don't like it. Go back across, but go back home, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not it's not being uh, prejudiced against them. Simply the fact is we can't afford it. You're you're taking. Uh, if you're going to come, you're going to contribute. Contribute or don't. If you don't like it, tough. If the EU don't like it, tough. Bus, you can shove it as far as what name is. Uh, but the thing is, this is different. Okay, ethnic minorities. I've got black friends who basically they have they come here, but they have to work. They have to. They're not allowed. They don't get entitled to benefits. They have to pay for everything. It has to be paid for. A lot of them actually have to actually get get jobs or find a way of getting money, work permits. They're not entitled to benefits at all. Ah, yes. Well, that's, that's where the EU discriminates exactly, against exactly. Yeah, against so, most they, of the they world. Claim asylum, exactly. I think there are certain. They claim things asylum, yeah. They get some stuff, but it's more they yeah. don't get as they get maybe vouchers and say, but they don't actually. They're not like they're not entitled things. They have to just literally get on with it. It's harder for them because it is for people who are from the EU. And how is that? So they're just nicking all our jobs. They're just. They're well, I don't know. Fred, I'm not sure. I think it's becoming a bit of a scapegoat. This whole immigration thing. I agree with you yes. that it's ridiculous that you have good, hard-working people from Africa, from Australia, from America, even who yeah. simply can't come into the country because the government's obsessed with reducing immigration, yeah. and there's nothing it can do in the EU. So perfectly decent families from all around the world can't get into this country or exactly. people who work. But does immigration really affect the economy? I, I, I think immigration's... I more think it's a good thing, but I agree with you about the benefits. Yeah. 
you you should be allowed to come here. I open the door. I'd much rather be a country that people want to come to than a country that people don't want yeah. to come to. But I do think that you shouldn't be able to claim benefits straight away. I think that's the way Australia and America work so well, what, because exactly. they have to contribute. You know, if you want to go to America and get the um, the business visa, you have to have an invest something like hundred thousand pounds or hundred fifty thousand dollars in the business. So you've got to you know you've got to have money on and you know to be able to invest and create jobs and do things and show that you're you're genuine. Yeah. And I think that's why, so you're getting the best of the best. Only the folk who can really afford it now are going there. Um, or you've got to have a job offer so that you can have something that they can check out. Um, so what, what do you think? Okay, what do you think, as we know, it's cost us £55 billion a day to subsidise being in the EU. What do you think that £55 billion, What could you do with that £55 billion to help bring down, to lower general thing? Obviously, we're making cuts at the moment to try and live within yeah. our means. We're cutting our cloth accordingly. Yeah. What do you think that fifty-five million? If we were to come out, of the well, it's about eight and a half to ten billion a year um, contributions that we make. So what? So do I mean you that, that would. I mean that would pay for. I mean the a. It would. It would just genuinely cut the the cost of of our economy in terms of you know all our debt. That would take ten billion off the debt figure. But actually, year. Hugh, eight billion pounds a year it sounds a huge amount of money, but the economy is far bigger than that. Is yeah, it actually that relevant? Billion. I mean. The NHS, they say, needs an extra thirty billion pounds per right. year to or keep to it be. to keep it going. An extra thirty billion. So the eight billion for the right. EU isn't actually. It's not actually that much money. It sounds yeah. good in a UKIP or any speech to say it's fifty-five million pounds a day. But the money this government pees away down the drain anyway. It's. Oh, I mean, there's lots. I think that thirty billion figure is for it needs by two thousand and twenty. Is it okay? Uh, over those years, it's going to need about thirty billion in total. To keep it running, it's about five percent a year we, every year that it goes. Would we up. not save money because obviously for me, I used to work in the hospital. I used to, you know, there's a lot of ma- middle management we don't need. Uh, uh, why don't they cut the middle management, put more matrons or put more nurses on the wards, uh, to to cut the sort of the. I think the it's going to, I mean, of the, the, going on. The NHS is, is a huge kind of. It's the best. The best thing. Gonna, I mean, over a million people work for it, and it's going to take an awful. I, I do believe that there are ways that they can make it a lot more efficient. I think in procurement alone, is it the best? There need there need to be. Um, the I mean, they say it's the best um, health service in the world, but then it's only or but they, okay, they what they forget is when those surveys are done, they actually say it's the best um, social health service, okay, and there's only three of them in the I mean, world. It, so it's I think yeah. it's North Korea. It, Somewhere else in Britain, so <laughs> the best of those three is not really that yeah. great. Well, I suppose you know? it has been, but I suppose having the option of at least you can actually walk, having that, this, how we've got it, walking into somewhere you can just, or you can call the doctor, you don't have to worry about paying or saying it, it's all comes out your tax anyway, uh, or national insurance. It's all, mm-hmm. like, that is, it is actually a good system, it means you can just walk in, if you're not feeling well, you can go get checked. You know? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I want a health service in this country. Do, do you want a health service, Hugh? You? You're... I never quite know. In my words, privatise everything. But, uh, but no, but I, can of, you do no, that? I, there, can there you are, do that? Do you want that? If well, it's interesting because my dad was a doctor and he spent 40 years and it was his calling to do that. And it was a very different health service. You know, he was there at the st- just well, about six years after it officially started. Um, he started in 1954 That's when he was done. Yeah. Um, so it was very much in the early days and people weren't going to try and abuse it like it is now. Now it's, a, it's an excuse to live any kind of lifestyle at all and never have any consequences. But the problem is that as it's been, you know, as more and more people demand so much from it, you can't, you know, it can't be paid for and you can't have the kind of 
um, you know, you're not getting the answers to a lot of basic queries. Now. <coughs> it takes forever to get, you know, to get to find out what's, if somebody's got a serious illness, what's actually wrong with them. And, you know, and I just think there are certain things in life. Yes, I mean, the NHS is not free. You pay for it with your taxes, but actually, there there are better ways of actually paying directly for health. And I, th- I, I, from I, I, I just think you're putting money into a corpse. Should um, okay. Recently, I read the reason they're looking to pay people who are obese to lose weight. Should they be paid to be losing weight, or should they say you know you lose weight, or you just simply broke your treaty? Bottom line is. It's very difficult. I, I think yeah, they have to. They, I think some form of contribution needs to be made for certain types of um, illnesses and, 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 and the effects of, of ill health. And you could say that the same with alcohol abuse. But, but, but um, if you're self-inflicted, if you're not willing, if, after, as I said, I've yeah. talked to you in the past, if you're... You really get one chance, you, you get, get two, three, three, three strikes, yeah, you know, and then they have to start simply, doing something. If you're not willing to, listen, we're here to help you, but if you're not willing to help yourself... After this, that's it. You know, you know. Yeah. Will, if you want to come in here, you pay for yeah. your service. You can afford it. You will. You, you just don't yeah. treat you. And that's one way that means that the the. one. Hello, welcome back. We just had a wee short uh, recess there. We break. Um, maybe as a, just to boil the kettle, we cup of tea because our mouth is getting a bit dry. Um, Patrick and Ramsey and Lisa, we're back with a quick word from our sponsors. EdinburghDusters.com, the company that likes to clean. If you're looking for cleaning and not got time, please uh, look at EdinburghDusters.com. Uh, we've also got uh, done sofas and beds. If you're looking for an, um, a new deal on a new sofa or a bed or a recliner, you can contact Dunn Sofas and Beds. The website is due to come up soon. We will tell you the web address uh, eventually um, once everything is live. Um, but it's for comfort and quality will cost you less. Uh, but we're back. We're going to continue what we're talking about. We left off with our with my colleague, uh, the hat trick, and he was simply saying that we're just simply putting money into any chance, like obviously putting money into a corpse. But we're going to, as he's on the laugh, I don't know what he's been drinking or eating. He's giggling away like he's been on the gas. Uh, but anyway, we're going to pass you back to him, and we're going to continue what he was what he was saying, and go from there. So fire away. <clears throat> yeah, I just think it's a mammoth task to try and resurrect it, and in terms of or to get it into a position where people are actually going to be happy with it, because at the moment, you know, I, I certainly find, and not just from my own personal experience, but with others, you know, people say the NHS is good because simply it wasn't horrendous when they went there, but most of the time you're expecting to think what's going to happen, how long are you going to have to wait, will they actually find out what's wrong with you, um, or will you just have to go back not really knowing anymore. Um, and we get you know pretty good service where we are in the borders. We actually get you know we can phone the local doctors, um, uh, uh, um, the medical centre, and we you know we do we do get seen that day. Um, but it's still you don't tend to find that you actually get answers to your queries um, where you were before you, I think you would have done. Do you uh, get priority in the borders because you your hat trick? <laughs> no, no, I get no, no. I mean it's just because there's obviously less people here. There's more. There is more room. It's quieter. So you have a better chance of getting seen in that day. So I mean, it's compared to when we were in Glasgow, where you did have to wait for days and days to get an appointment. Um, here, it, it is a lot better. <laughs> the um, appointment in Glasgow, you back you could get the people benefits first. You can say, sorry, uh, you work. Well, yeah, and and the state of places weren't brilliant. Um, but no, but I mean, over here, yes, you do get seen. But do you actually get real answers to your medical? Well, problems? I do, I do that's, wonder, that's I do wonder that. It's a question. I mean, health. I mean. You see, okay. You see, you see on the telly a lot. A lot of people talk about 
all these adverts and about cancer on the radio, uh, different types of cancer, and they test, uh, getting yourself tested, and just doesn't matter how old you are, just really, mm. it's drilled into on the telly. But as soon as you go to your doctor, you say, well, I mean, I'd like to be tested just to make sure I'm alright. I'm getting, I'm not knocking on forty. Things usually start to go wrong or things start happening. What's your cannot get tested and making sure I'm and they're all clear. I mean, what? Uh, I mean, uh, what? It's like, but it's like the doctors are feared to. Does it cost us too? Cost you much to do it, or is it because you know the NHS were broke and we need that thirty billion? Well, you know it's what a mean? huge queue. So yeah, it's yeah. a huge queue. Queue as long as you're. I mean, is, is it? I mean, for example, okay, for example, now. Well, okay, I lost my mum to cancer, but I believe that maybe if we, she, I think, I think about cancer can give us lots of different symptoms. It can yeah. give you a cold. It can be your breathing problems. You just don't know. If you think it was, you think it was a number of things, uh, and that's for example, I don't think they were thinking it was. Um, what were they thinking? You, you get um, it's the oh, I forgot what it's called again. But anyway, it's it's but lung, uh, chronic um, chronic lung disease kind of when you get when you're smoking, for example, and, um, and also you. People can think it's that it can, but it wasn't. And cancer can you can think you've got symptoms of something else, uh, but it's actually up to the big one. So, I mean, why don't they? If they're spending all this money in advertising, why don't they? If people want to be checked, let them go and get checked. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you'd be amazed at the budgets that they have for advertising and for a lot of things that are quite political that they shouldn't be. Um, you know, and as you say that we mentioned before about the management procurement. I mean, why is it that some places for, you know, for a needle, for a basic needle that's, you know, how many million are required every day, um, that, you know, some places are paying, you know, one pound for an item and others are paying 30 pence for an item. You know, there's a, there's a very big difference in the cost of every item. Now, surely it should be brought into a way where, you know, the best deal is what is supplied. Because, um, I mean, you know, you start advertising that or duplicating that on a big scale, then that's where you can see a serious cut in cost is. Mm -hmm. And when you have to think you're paying 5% more every year, they've got to look at procurement and saying, actually, we could do an awful lot better alone. Because, yes, you need, of course, you need a decent emergency health service that's there for, for the critical times. But um, it needs to be, that I think when they ring fence it, it's always a mistake because it's never going to be efficient when people think, well, we're going to get more money every year. So do we really have to do the best job? You know? Well, here, here's something we could do. Uh, sort of deviate back into something in a sense we talked on our, our first original sort of podcast we talked we couldn't actually broadcast we talked about there's a story in the news that the, the local council I can't remember it was down south where was it again they were going to fill the potholes in what was it the, oh that was in I think it was in Devon in Devon was, yeah in Devon they were going to pay the off of the public to get the high-vis jackets on and Going Fill the it. holes in yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The so, thing about just well, to go back to huge. Well, what huge I was, was going to say on to it okay. is uh, leading, leading into that part is speed bumps, ambulances, ambulance times. Talking about the, the things that we got, we went through a phase where we brought so many speed bumps into mm -hmm. side streets oh, to, ca uh, yeah. to calm the traffic, obviously for kids and things. But yes. It's worked, but it's knackering people's cars, but it's also slowing down ambulances. Mm. As now, it's response time, as you can see, our ambulance have got to go fast and ambulance taking off in your side street. Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, just to get to an emergency, it's ridiculous. I mean, should we have more of a, a better, different system than speed bumps on, on our side streets or uh, a way of it's more tra traffic calm, mm. it will slow us down, but you're not having to go over mm. bumps just to get to the emergency, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I think um, it's just so contradictory 
they're trying to cut times for you know for ambulance times, and yet they go and put in all these bumps everywhere, and to take them out now and to try and redo it would just cost millions. Um, um, but I think it's crazy. But that was it was done at the time when Labour had well, they thought they had all the money. They convinced the public they had all the money, but really it was just borrowed money, um, and so they just did whatever they wanted with it until it ran out. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I I just think it's not. <clears throat> the, 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 there are so many contradictions. They need major a major way forward. To, to me, the, the 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 first answer you could do, and I think not not that I'm trying to shut down the NHS. I know I did say earlier I like to see it, um, but you know, I like to see major changes. But I think the best way that you could do it is that there's a lot of people out there who would like to use other services. And what is the problem with letting them actually use other services? So in other words, if they want to have their own private medical cover, they should uh, they, they should be you know benefiting from that. In tax, they should be able to claim those expenses. Well, it's quite the opposite at the moment. I'm lucky enough to have private medical insurance with my job, and that is deemed a benefit in kind. So I have to pay extra tax on the money my company spends to take me out of the National Health Service. So that's a double tax. You should be able to. You should be rewarded for that because you're not using the NHS. And the NHS, I, I think we need the NHS in some form. I think it's out of control. I think it's become. A political, it's become so PC, rather like it used to be with immigration. We can't talk about it. You cannot criticize the NHS. Nobody will say anything against it, or they'll just be shouted down by the left wing media or just about anybody, really. But there's a massive moral hazard in giving people free healthcare or free at the point of delivery. And that is, and you alluded to it before, Hugh, people have no responsibility whatsoever, not. To drink too much, not to smoke, not to get obese, not to exercise enough. It's national insurance is what they call it. And to people who totally won't question the NHS, I say to them, what if you made that system with cars? In other words, if cars were paid for through the government, car insurance. So it didn't matter how many times you crashed your car, didn't matter how many times you drove it into trees, the government will always repair your car and give you a new one. Yeah. Do you think driving would get better or worse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting good point. point. Good point. Um, people have to look after themselves. I think it would get worse. Because people yeah, would well, get, get a free car, aren't they? Time's up great. Exactly. Well, that's what you people know? are doing with their bodies. They're yeah. smoking, yeah. they're drinking, and there's no comeback. They go back yeah. to the NHS yeah. and they just fix them. Yeah. Yeah. Should we not have a similar, uh, a similar system in part? Like, obviously, if you go to the dentist, there's not many NHS dentists really out there at the moment. But a lot of people are their private den plan, and I'm on a den mm. plan. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, some people think you can go to an NHS dentist. Some are a lot of it depends on how they set their prices for that dentist alone. Yeah. That if you're going to get something done, you have to pay it in a whack. But that's expensive. It's not. Yeah, it's not cheap. But I'm on a den plan. I'm paying X amount a month. You just yeah. forget. You just walk in. You walk out. Ah. It's the same. You just forget. If major happens, you might have to pay something, but it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. Not well, bad. The only major thing I had recently was I got a crown and. Uh, that was a fair whack, uh, yeah. but um, wasn't too bad. But yeah. the rest of the general teeth, if uh, stuff you get done, excuse me, like fillings, uh, is okay. You just walk in, you walk out, it's done, and you're paying for it monthly yeah. anyway, so it's, it's fine. So yeah. I think that might be a better system if you could offer that to some people. If you want some e- these extra services yeah. on NHS, you can join this little scheme, you can give uh, us some money a month. If whether you use them or not, you've got that backup. It's always yeah. there, and it's okay. Yeah, it's like a direct NHS a, tax. Yeah, so if you actually know that's where it's going towards. But you still get this for free yeah. as what you're paying for anyway. Yeah, I know Hugh's done some reading about the German healthcare system. I don't know whether you could yeah, tell us you about pay, that. Yeah, you pay a private fee, just like you would have, like with private insurance. But if you get a major bill and you're not in a position to pay it, 
um, then the government will help you out with it and, and I think contribute. I'm looking more into it because I think that kind of system is far, far better because then it has accountability on both parts. Most people are going to want to pay it and keep themselves in relatively good health or try and you know, make themselves as healthy as they can be. But if they know if something really majorly happens, they're going to be covered. So it, it helps, you know, it's, to, I think it's a much fairer system. To go back to the car insurance analogy, would it be like having an excess on your car insurance? Yeah. If you scrape the bumper stuff, you might just choose to fix it yourself rather than go to the insurance company. Aye. But if you lose control and go through a bus full of nuns, chances are you might need to pick up the phone to direct line. Yeah. yeah. You really need them when all the lawsuits start <laughs> flooding in. <laughs> that, um, yes, exactly. You know that, that that's it. And that's when I, I remember when, oh, a number of years ago when Gordon Brown was still Prime Minister and they did their big new health um, uh, issue and uh, and the, the day that they said they were going to put all this into the health service and all this money and so on, um, I phoned up Bupa and I thought, right, I'm going to phone up and get some quotes just to see exactly what it would cost. And I was amazed that literally from about £30 a month, um, you could get cover and it worked as like a car insurance policy. You paid a monthly fee, uh, which you could vary, and then you just pay an excess. And then you had the whole, you could pay that um, over the year. So you weren't, so if it was, say, if you, if you had to have a major um, uh, check over and whatever, and it cost, say, five or six hundred pounds, um, then you could pay that over the year. You didn't have to pay it straight away. But do you trust, who do you trust more? Corporations, r American healthcare corporations, or the UK government? That's a tricky one, isn't it? I don't know. I, I, I don't say, know. I would say US corporations. Oh, all day Hugh, long. you can't say that. <laughs> How do you know which one you're picking, though? Because there's going well, to be well, lots of competition. Hey, they've been doing it for years, and they've got a very good reputation. Haven't they? Even, yeah, <laughs> they well, America's, America's rates for, uh, in terms of heart, um, you know, um, for for terms of of, of uh, heart attacks and cancer recovery rates are far better in the US than they are in in, in Britain. Is that a fact? Yep. Okay. No, it's been checked out. The the figures in America, I'm I'm sure these figures are probably produced by these big American healthcare corporations. Absolutely, I don't trust them at all. I think I would love the NHS just to work, but I nobody will grasp the nettle with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where do you stop? Do you what? What do you fund? What don't you fund? True, exactly. That's uh, I think what you what we list earlier. What have you else have you kind of what else have you actually got there? Just roughly, you got a bit ISIS. We're talking about ISIS. Well, yeah, we certainly um, the crisis, the ISIS crisis is still um, ongoing. Got news today, or was it yesterday, that a fourth person from Portsmouth has been killed in uh, Syria. I think it was finding for ISIS. And I was just pondering on my drive up from Manchester the other day. At what point does this become a civil war? Because we've now got, okay, not in Syria, but certainly over Iraq, we've got British warplanes bombing British citizens. This is a war taking place in Islamic State, a lawless land effectively, where the British are killing the British. Can you imagine if an RAF tornado went and bombed British civilians in Portsmouth and killed them? Why is it so different that it's in Iraq? When does it become civil yeah, war? Yeah, I mean, well, I suppose these people have been recruited into <clears> this kind of extremist groups. Actually, so they are no longer, they've almost renounced their British citizenship when they go out there because they're fighting for, the, the, you know, for Islam made, and for I think they've made, the, made their bed, they line it, I mean, the bottom line is that they have chosen yeah. to go over there. I mean, a 
lot of them were probably, I mean, what, no, what's nationality would they be? Probably uh, British. They're British people. They're yeah, nothing other yeah, than British yeah. citizens. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And most of them, okay, are, most of them, some of them aren't even um, ethnically from that area. So some yeah. of them are ethnically okay. British. Yeah. Okay, they're, when I say that, when I say nationally, they're British, but maybe what's their background? Is it an Indian or Muslim or is it more religion? I don't see that's relevant, Fraser. No, they're no, British. Just British. Okay. They're British people being killed Sorry. by British warplanes. And if it's four, we overlook it. But what happens if British warplanes make a strike on Iraq and kill a hundred people, all British citizens? At what point do we raise our eyebrows and think, hang on a minute, what's going on here? And if I was MI5, and I had a lot of troublemakers um, in the UK, would I be too disappointed that these people are being killed over there? Is that a terrible thing to say? Or is it quite convenient that you can go and kill your own civilians in Islamic State? And um, did, did, are, are they upset this is happening? I don't know. It seems extraordinary to me. But You know, I think there are probably some, when you, when you, I, I certainly from some of the reports I've seen, they're advertising, they're trying to recruit people um, in almost a kind of rap artist type way where they're saying that there's going to be lots of money and you're going to have all these women and you know, you'll be able to live a life that you want even though it's under the Sharia law and so on but over there in this, this extremist Islamic way of life you know, the, the, the men have authority over pretty much everything so women are treated pretty badly and, and you know, it's not good I mean, there were the two American teenage girls who, were, um, who went into to ISIS in Syria and they were promised that they'd have this great life fighting for ISIS and they were simply married off and now they're now they've been basically you know they've got no life at all. They've Jihadi been, brides, yeah. they call them. And and now they're trying to get out of Syria, and of course there's no way they can get them out. Um, it's going to be almost impossible. So if that was your daughter who'd gone over there, who'd got a little bit led astray, seen something on the internet, decided she wanted to go and fight for ISIS, should she be killed by a British warplane? I would suggest not. It's a horrible thing. I mean, this is the thing. You know, it, it, it's. Um, I have to say, one of the reports I saw was that now in some of the, it was from the Netherlands, um, and from I'm sure one of the one in America as well, they've now allowed them to go out and help the Kurds. And there are certain groups who are now going out actually to side with the Kurds um, and those fighting against ISIS. And I think good on them because they're actually going to try and good on them. help them you know, to, to get rid of these. Because I mean, ISIS is a horrible. I mean, look what they're doing to their children, they're training children to go out and carry out mock executions. You know, you can see the pictures on the internet all over the place. Um, and then they're trying to use weapons. This is, a, this is a group of people who are just, it, it's so evil, it is, it, and so it, it, it's just degrading life completely. Um, and they need to be sorted out. I just, I, I just think it's the local countries that have to take control, because if they don't play their part in it, they'll never sort it out. You know, yes, you can help them, you can go out there and give them expertise and, and munitions and, and some help, but they need to be taking responsibility and sorting out themselves. Otherwise, they're going to be like bullies. They're like victims and bullies. They're always going to be running from these lot. And they need to actually say they're not, that enough is enough. It's uh, uh, extraordinary that these, I think it's German and Dutch biker gangs. Yes, of yes. Kurdis, yeah. Kurds, Kurdistan origin, yeah, I think they've had have got together yeah. to go over and fight ISIS in yeah. Syria. And I find the whole thing extraordinary, and I, I, I was wondering why it's happening. And in the West, in Europe, we live in such a controlled mm -hmm. state. You can't drive your car with 30, wear a seatbelt. You mustn't do this, do the next thing. Laws are, you know, health and safety laws left, right and centre, your hive is jacket. How exciting is it 
to these people who are bored, maybe don't have jobs, maybe they do, I don't know. But they can go and fight in another land with no laws. Is there not a little bit of me that, that thinks that's well, quite fun, actually? Well, get so some guns. I, I played Grand Theft Auto. I know how to get ammunition. I know <laughs> weaponry. And this is a place where I'm never going to get arrested. I can go toot up with weaponry, blow people to bits. I mean, it's like a theme park. It's like Jihadi World. You know, <laughs> you just go and exactly. you can do what you want. And it, well, a lot of them have actually been making... It's, that, it's a just excitement. Them, but it's only the Kurdish, these guys... The only ones that actually hold off ISIS. That's yeah. all, the, all the weapons are homemade. Yeah. So yeah. it's like somebody equalizer. But it's boys' own stuff, isn't it? I mean, it's quite exciting. If you're a civil servant sitting behind a desk in the Hague, yeah. and you get bored one day, you flip out. Don't hit the <laughs> don't hit the booze or go and smoke a a, a, a special cigarette. <laughs> go down to your local gun shop and go fighting. I mean, you can go to ISIS land, and you can. Get yourself tooted up with weapons, load up your your um, Toyota Land Cruiser with weaponry, rocket launchers, and just go and blow the crap out of people. No one's going to stop you. And it's horrendous. Don't get me wrong, I'm not endorsing this, but it's quite exciting, you've got to admit. Uh, yeah, it's a good way to put it, certainly. And, uh, I mean, I have to say that for those who are, who are going out there to try and help the Kurds, I think it's a very noble effort. And I think, actually, you know... Um, because they, you know, they want to try and stop this ISIS group, which is horrendous. And when you see the videos, it is like a rat group. You know, you see them with a tank, but you'll see them running around with their, uh, you know, with their guns in the air. But they're not that well organised. No, I mean, these guys are idiots. Some, some of them are, but a lot of them aren't. Um, and and that's why I think, you know, good on them for doing it. And and if more people go out there and actually do that, then it, they might actually have a chance of of sorting it out. Uh, okay, we're we're gonna start to wrap up things. We've had a, an interesting podcast uh, with the three of us. Um, we were talking about <laughs> stop laughing, <laughs> breathe, making us all laugh. Anyway, uh, we're gonna wrap things up um, for our podcast so far this evening. We will probably have a part two uh, because we're going to be do a bit of entertainment talk probably afterwards. We're talking about the X Factor. If you're watching the X Factor, following the series, um, what do you think of the singers? What do you think of who's the quality? Um, you find it quite interesting, quite funny. It's quite. I think it's quite interesting and funny since Simon Kimmel's back. But anyway, we're going to just to wrap up what we're talking about. We're talking about the general ISIS and a lot of people from Portsmouth who have gone over um, to um, to fight with them and basically well. As Jonathan was saying, it was uh, John was saying that it's almost what point has come a civil war to it because we're basically blowing up our own people. Uh, but I think technically if they're choosing to go over there themselves, I think well they make their choice and that's that's to be done with it. And if they know that their life is simply at risk, well that's their their problem and not ours because the main thing is we have to eradicate ISIS in some way or form to stop them because the way they're going about things is obviously just diabolical and. It is it's extremely shocking how they're just killing people at random, um. So that's so, yeah. So where, where does it stop? But we're gonna wrap things up. I want to thank you for listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed, uh, with our trusty analyst, John Sutherland. We're back. We've been back in the hot seat. Brilliant, brilliant podcast we've done. We've found it extremely. We've covered a lot, and. <laughs> We well, hope you've enjoyed it too. Hope you hope you enjoy listening. Actually, when you, we we send it out to you, we hope you, that you have fun listening to what we've been talking about. Uh, please, 
please give us uh, some feedback. We would love to have feedback when you when we post it. I think it's brilliant to get so we know how we can do better and also to entertain you guys out there. So, <laughs> as as we say to wrap this up, thank you for listening to Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed. Be the rock Ayatollah, the rock and roller. We are going to rock the podcast world. We're going to kick some butts. So thank you again. We've had some great fun. It's been fantastic. And good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. Good night, people. Bye.